The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks for salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I am Mike Stevens of the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated, and sitting across from me virtually is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how you doing? I'm good. I'm excited for an... I have four days off coming up. Like Wow. <laughs> should I just throw my phone like into my drawer and not look at it for like three days or four days? No, into into Lake Ontario. Like you live now cl- like relatively close to it. I'm going like, home in walking though. distance. Okay, before you do that, go down to Lake Ontario. Like, that is that is honestly my dream one day. I actually like, to so- be at a point. Side note, yeah. five years ago tomorrow, or today actually, when you're listening to this, I threw my phone into the ocean. Okay, well I bet that's <laughs> where I want to be. Like that is, I want to be in a position in my life and career where I can take my phone, like stand on like a dock or something, and literally throw it as far as I can into a body, a big body of water, well, like, and it not like bankrupt me. To be fair, though, like, I, was in, I was in Mexico, and uh, everything was happening with my grandfather. For those of you who don't yeah. know, he passed away on July 1st. So uh, That's why we're doing this early, by the way. Exactly, because Rachel is not doing anything on actual July 1st. So... Um, it was hospital all week consistently because we were in Mexico, like hearing from family, having to update whether it was Germany or uh, family in Toronto, like constant. And then when he actually passed away, I was so drained that I basically told the family in Germany, like, I'm, I need a few days. Like I will answer everything like after. And my phone just bing, 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 bing. Like, I think at one point I had like 200 texts. And so I just went down to the beach and did like a full blown, like Aaron Rodgers just heave the thing into the ocean, came back, no phone. It was goddamn fantastic. Well, it's a bit heavier than I expected my reason to be. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to buy a new phone, which like, honestly with like, it cost me, I think like 900 bucks, but like worth it. Like I just did not want to speak to anyone that day. Or like the the subsequent like three days after. (laughs) I normally don't want to speak to anyone. So it it is my dream to one day be able to take my phone, stand on like the edge of a cliff or something. I know exactly which cliff I'm thinking of too. And just throw it. (laughs) Yeah. And not, and not like, not have to worry. It does feel good. That's so cathartic. It was the best, like July 1st that year absolutely sucked, but that was definitely the best part of the day. Cause I just like, you feel like you release a whole bunch of stuff. And mm-hmm. it was it was good. So, yeah, I will uh, be enjoying my four days off because I frankly can't even like I think the last time I actually had four days off was probably when I was in Germany in 2019. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. And even That's then, a long like, time. I really wasn't off because I still had to do things. So it'll be nice because I won't have work or podcast or anything to do. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you won't have my dumb ass bugging you. So it'll be it'll be much better. You can actually have a, a second of peace 
you know, talking to people who are actually as smart as you um, <laughs> and not have to dumb everything down. No, it's uh, speaking of which, like with Canada Day, um, I don't think I'm going to celebrate it this year. I don't celebrate it I, anymore, but that it's for a different reason because it's it's a dark day. Yeah, well, yes, but I think for like just I don't know. I have an orange shirt that I think I'm gonna wear, and that's gonna be it. I don't know. I I, I honestly think celebrating like July Fourth, July First, like I feel like it's maybe like a North American thing because like in Germany, like we don't do this. Like, yeah, who cares? Like I don't, it doesn't really it matter. doesn't really matter. So it's an excuse for you to light off fireworks and like hurt a bunch of dogs' ears. Like you would and like get super drunk right. in the middle of the day. So for me, like I haven't celebrated Canada Day for five years, and probably going to continue not doing that. And to be quite honest with you, I work most Canada Days because LOL NHL free agency. Yeah, it's Canada Day is the reason is a big reason why one of my past relationships ended because I was always working on Canada Day and she would always go up with her family like to the cottage, like to her cottage, and I could never come. And it was always looked at as me being like, oh, you know, prioritizing work or whatever. I'm like, this is the busiest day of the year. Yeah, I can't what? Of just- course. Yeah, so we, you know what, life, life is a funny way of working things out, you know. Um, but let's uh, let's transition. By the way, real quick before we hop into headlines here, so like uh, the Stanley Cup is going to be awarded very soon, which means it's going to be off season time. And off season time, we are going to focus kind of more on deep dives. We also for this. will like, be obviously, taking a break because if you can't tell, yeah, a little bit by the both of us, like I am definitely run down drained. A bit. Yeah, yeah. So. We deserve a break here. We might like pre-record some stuff, but oh, we will. Um, yeah, like you actually just straight up won't hear from us for quite a, probably close to a month. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll pre-record some stuff, and like you know when when there's like some really you know downtime uh, that happens in the off season, you know we I like I might hop on with a guest or something just to give Rachel a break or, or stuff like that, but. Yeah, man, this is be look like between like just between like the pandemic and, you know, like just job stuff and everything like I'm just kind of hockeyed out right now. Like, I, I don't know about you. I'm Look, the Stanley Cup final is going to be great. I can't wait to watch Tampa Bay raise it again and repeat. But this has been just an absolutely draining year. I'm sure I'm sure every NHL player feels this way, too. Um, so we're obviously going to like cover all the breaking news and the expansion draft. And it's going to be so much fun. But we are going to once once the headlines kind of die down, we're going to start focusing on, you know, uh, uh, like like deep dives and really cool things and really exploring Rachel's um, uh, knowledge that she's gotten from from being in a front office. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun and I'm going to learn a lot of stuff and I hope you do too. But yeah, it's kind of like a, basically maybe a little bit of what Ian and I used to do where it's a lot more behind the scenes stuff. So we'll look at how teams prepare for an expansion draft, how you prepare for the draft, what you think about when you're drafting, how you prepare for free agency, maybe how certain teams prepare given where they are in their cycle of contender rebuild, like things like that. And one of the things we're definitely going to talk about right off the top um, in one of our summer episodes is why players like Braden Point and Cole Caulfield drop in their drafts. We're going to do a deep dive into yep. why the small short Kings drop. Uh, Cause it's more than just their short. And so um, that's something I'm super excited about. It was Mike's brilliant idea to, uh, to break that down. So that'll be coming up pretty soon. And I'm sure, uh, Montreal and Tampa fans will probably enjoy that. 
I have one brilliant idea every, you know, six or seven years. No, every like three or four. I'm like a, I'm like a leap year, basically. You know, I, I have one brilliant idea every once in a while. Everyone makes a big deal about it, then it goes away. But we have a lot to talk about on this show. Let's hop into headlines, shall we? All right. First off, Ryan, first off, all of the NHL teams, and keep in mind, I cover a lot of the breaking news on Sports Illustrated and the hockey news, so this this impacts me fully. All of the NHL teams decided to drop their news at once. Within the span of like 20 minutes, we had Ryan Nugent Hopkins extension, Wayne Simmons extension, Don Granado coming back, uh, like all this, all of these different things. It's been, it's been a lot ridiculous. of the times it's like a 12 noon EST kind of news dump. Yeah, but all of them, it's usually, well, it's usually 11, actually, I find. Or something like, like, like it's the, between 11 and 12, basically. Yeah, with all the award. With all the nominations for awards, it was it was eleven. But anyway, so let's just rattle off some of these. Ryan Nugent Hopkins resigns with the Edmonton Oilers for eight years times five million. Honestly, this is a lot lower of an AAV than I was expecting. Ken Holland, I watched his press conference uh, on Wednesday, and one of the things he was very upfront about was I needed to get either my term or my number, and Ryan needed to get his term or his number and Ryan got his term and the Oilers got their number. So this is like, it's a win-win. Um, and that was the, first of all, like I saw it and my first instinct was, Oh my God, the Oilers did something really smart. Um, they signed a contract that wasn't a boat anchor. That is really weird. Um, and so I think this is really good. He's a very, very strong two way forward plays penalty kill power play. He can play the wing, he can play center. He's a key part of their core. Um, like, I don't even think it's an argument right now. Like, the four most important players in Edmonton, obviously, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, and I think Nugent Hopkins is is the fourth there. Um, so this is a really key part of what's going on in Edmonton. He has publicly stated he wants to be an Oiler his entire career, and this is a huge step towards that because he'll be in Edmonton for 15 years by the time this contract's done. And I thought it was fantastic. Well done. And Oilers fans, you should be super happy about this. Yeah, I mean, look... The term is going to get a little hairy, I think. But the like cap is going to go years. up a lot yeah. once it starts hope to escalate so. in probably four years. Yeah, let's let's hope so. I mean, I think a lot of teams are kind of banking on that, too, after the step back they had to take. But no, it's it's for sure that that I, I'm just talking about the term, like having a deal like that on the books for eight years. Like he's good. But the thing is, like, he's not a center anymore. He's not. They tried to make him a shutdown center for a long time, and last season he made that kind of full transition. Um, Ken Holland said today, though, that he could play, like he will still play both. So, but he should. I, I should he though? Yes, like, I think he should, because I think, think on a deep, like on a deep team, if the Oilers are to contend for the Cup, he is your third line center. Yeah. Why? I've never understood why the Oilers don't just like solidify themselves with McDavid, Drysaitel, Nuge as like their three big three down the middle and then try and build out the wingers around them. Like that's, doesn't I that think make that's sense? A function of, uh, personalities more than anything. Well, yeah. Like I'm like McDavid and, and dry side. want to play together and all that. But at the same time, like you're like, they're not the coach. You can just be like, all right, man, like, like do this. Either way. Like when, when we deep dive into Edmonton at some point, like we'll have that discussion. But at the end of the day, I actually, this is one of those long-term contracts where yeah. I don't have a problem with it, honestly, because you were either paying the, the contract's $40 million. You were either going to pay $40 million over 
five years, in which case you'd be paying him $8 million a year, or you're going to pay him $40 million over eight years. And $5 million on uh, AAV on the cap is like very stomachable. And let's not forget, as Tampa showed this season, very easy to stash players on LTIR. And when we, when we start to talk about uh, uh, Edmonton in the offseason, they have they they entered with like what they thought was a lot of cap space. It's kind of starting to dwindle now, and I'm wondering how they're going to run these guys back, like and whether or not they even should. But yeah, this is like he also seems like Nuge kind of seems like a player who's going to age gracefully. So yeah. I think that that's going to help somewhat. But yeah, it, this the big thing here though is you know it's it's a big prominent pending free agent that's that just signed for eight times five. Um, with some, like, he's a winger. He play like he, you know, he, he plays with a superstar center. Um, but he also he, can he play center. Like, let's not forget that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which, which kind of aids my point that I'm, that I'm building to here. Like he plays with a superstar center. Um, he, uh, he spent the second most time of any, of any oiler forward alongside McDavid last year. What? So this, I think has a lot of impact on what a guy like Zach Hyman is going to, is going to ask for in free agency. So like my tier you, here is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Brandon yeah. sod. Okay. Then Zach Hyman. Um, really? Yes. Unequivocally. Um, I mean, there's probably not a whole lot of people that listen to this podcast that have watched Brandon sod play as much as I have. I had to watch no. him a nauseating amount when I was in New Jersey for various things. And I've also really liked watching him play. So he's someone, first of all, he plays in Colorado. And I don't think it's a secret how much I watched Colorado this year. So um, I've seen Brandon sod play a lot. Uh, I think him and Hyman were both kind of hoping for north of six million bucks. You look at Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I don't. Like, yes, it's very clear he gave up open market money to to take this, but I don't know how you go in and you argue that you're a million or a million and a half better than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Like, I don't think you can because you're just not, right? To me, a guy like Philip Deneau, who is also a, a pending UFA, um, Pierre Lebrun had a piece and GM said he's worth four and a half to five. To me, Philip Deneau is one of the top five defensive centers in the entire league and you clearly need that. I would be paying him before I even touched Brandon Sauter, Zach Hyman. And so for me, if Philip Deneau is only worth four and a half or five, then Hyman and Sauter are worth less. And Deneau is, doesn't put up the same points, but at the same time, he gives you much better defense than Brandon Sauter. Like, much better. And so um, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think the flat cap's kind of thrown a wrench to begin with, and I think this Nugent Hopkins one... GMs are going to look at at negotiations and say, hey, like, that's a first overall pick. That's a guy that can play multiple positions and plays every single special teams, uh, versatile, fantastic two-way guy. Like, how can you say you're a million and a half better than him, right? I, I just, I think it really impacts the market here. And so I can't believe we're sitting at here and saying the Oilers did a positive contract that will impact the market and potentially drive salaries down. But here we are. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just extremely, I'm I'm just extremely interested to see how this, how this impacts Zach Hyman's negotiation because like I'm comparing them right now like Zach Hyman last year had you know 15 goals 18 assists for 33 points in 43 games Nuge had 19 goals 16 assists for 35 points in 52 games Nuge played more on average per game they both played with superstar centers Nuge was a wing but he can also play center whereas Hyman is more strictly a wing unless he's on the penalty kill. I don't like 
I, I don't see how if you like you're right. I don't see how if you're Zach Hyman, you can walk into a negotiation if, if you're going to use comparables. And then again, Mitch Marner has, you know, we make our own comparables. So like whatever, man, if you want to use that logic, go ahead. But I don't know how you can walk into a negotiation to, like, or walk to a negotiation table and say like, hey, I'm worth more than than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And, and I know obviously he, he obviously surrendered surrendered money for term he wanted to be in Edmonton that's that's a big deal and you know what I think Zach Hyman kind of has a similar thing so if anything this might be a good sign for Leafs fans if they're comfortable having Zach Hyman under contract for if if he decides to to take the term over the the dollar value like before now another thing too is that this contract has a full no move clause right so he that's that was part of the take less money Get a no move clause, yeah. which means the only place he can go is LTIR if this goes sideways. Which exactly, and so that, that would make me nervous. That would make me nervous with Hyman specifically oh, because yeah, of no, because of the, <laughs> the way that he plays and also the injury history that he's had. I mean, keep in mind this guy has a torn ACL. Like he or he, Zach not Hyman has, is he not going to age gracefully. I'm telling you that right no. now. He 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 will not be the same player by the time he's 32. And so for me, like, I don't go longer than five years on a deal um, with him. I just, they might have to, but again, LTIR. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think the focus here has to, should be on Hyman. I think it's more how it impacts the greater landscape of free agency. Mm -hmm. And like, Zach Hyman isn't the most coveted free agent. So, like. No, but he's he's up there. I mean, (laughs) People like to write this off, but like Philip Grubauer is a UFA right now. Gabe, he's a Gabe, Vesna nominee. Gabe Landeskog is a UFA. No one's talking about that. Yeah, I don't Dougie know why Hamilton. All of these guys, much better. Um, not that he will ever go anywhere, but Alex Ovechkin is a UFA, guys. I mean, look, hey, there. Like, although you say not that he'd ever go anywhere, like though well, he's not. There so. was some. What? He's not. He's. It's been made very clear. He's not even. He's representing himself, first of all. Yes. So anyone who's representing Power himself, move. like you, you intend to stay. So that's kind of that. Um, we'll get into UFA free agency stuff, like mm-hmm. probably in a month. <laughs> yeah, but we, Rachel, we just talked about a lot of you know winning teams, teams that have made the playoffs, teams who are in contention windows. So let's talk about the opposite. Let's talk about the Buffalo Sabers, who are bringing back Don Granado. Now he signed a, signs a three year deal, which is interesting. Um, Don Granado, this is his first stint as an NHL head coach, like a full time. He was the interim, obviously, when he took over for Ralph Kruger. Um, he has look, he he's experienced a lot of success in all the in different leagues. He's won a USHL championship. He's won an ECHL championship, Kelly Cup. Um, he's won uh, AHL Coach of the Year in two thousand and one. He's been under Joel Quinville um, in uh, in Chicago before. But what was the one thing that we talked about? through all of this, all of this carnage that we just saw with the Buffalo Sabres this season? I don't even remember. I, I remember, and, and some of it was, and the majority of it was, as much as we hate to admit it, they need a hockey man. They need, you know, they need a veteran coach, one with a ton of NHL experience, who can command that room, and who can steer this ship in, in at least a respectable direction. See, now, Don Granado has on, done that. Because, yeah, okay. to me, my answer was it either had to remain Don Granado or it had to be that, like, experienced NHL head coach. They chose to go with Granado, and you know what? I, I actually don't mind it. The guy has had success at pretty much every level he's coached at. 
Uh, yes. He is hockey man, hockey man. Like his sister is Cami Granado. And if you don't know who that mm-hmm. is, do yourself a favor and Google her. Then you've got his brother's Tony Granado. And Tony Granado, who's the head coach at Wisconsin. So, like, the hockey man ties are strong there. But I think Buffalo looked different under Don Granado. And um, he is, if you listen to Cami and AJ's podcast, I think it's on the Girls on the Bus. They did an interview with him a couple weeks ago. And if you listen to how he speaks, you can tell this is a highly intelligent man from a hockey perspective. And you, it's very obvious that he's emotionally intelligent as well. And I think right now in Buffalo, they need a guy who's emotionally intelligent because there's a lot that's gone sideways there. And so having a guy that understands that side of things as well, I think it'll be really positive for the Sabres. Do I think they're going to win the cup? No, because they have our tire fire above Don Granado. But I do think that he showed once he was given the chance this season that it doesn't have to be a dumpster fire the way that it was before. Was Ralph Kruger not emotionally intelligent? Like, like that was a big calling card for him, too, wasn't it? That he was able to connect with players on an emotional level. Taylor Hall signed there due to a lot of different factors, but also like because he was excited to be. Yeah, reunited. but I don't think he was tactically a very good coach. No, exactly. Now, is Don Granado. And that was the difference there. I, I, I think it's I, you know, I think that organization needs some semblance of stability. They need Jim Rutherford had, is what they need. Well, yes, but they have had six head coaches in the last nine seasons. How It is impossible. That is that alone is how you ruin a prospect by making him learn six different systems in nine years, basically, or however many it is when, when he comes into the league, like look at Jack, Jack Eichel. That is like, that is a a, a sentiment of how skill can just take over because he's had to learn like five different systems since he's been in the NHL. I think it's a good move. I think that he's more of like a, like uh, if to put it in basketball terms, the Brett Brown, He's a guy who takes who's overseeing the team when they're at their absolute lowest point of the rebuild is able to make them respectable, shuffle them along. But when it's actually time to contend, he shuffled out for a bigger name. And I think that's probably exactly what's going to happen. And to round off headlines, Jonathan Tace, he's back on the ice. Now, he finally revealed on his own terms, which is great, what he was dealing with um, before. Now, Rachel, you're more medically inclined. So he, he was dealing with the with chronic inflammatory response syndrome. I don't know what that is. Please tell us what it is, because it sounds very serious, and we are so glad that he's coming back. Yeah, um, not life-threatening at all. Um, Okay, good. Yeah, not even close. Um, Just quickly, because I'm not a doctor, obviously. But essentially, it's what happens when you have... You're not? No, not yet. Okay. Um, Why did I let you take my kidney, then? Well, oops. Um, <laughs> chronic in- inflammatory response syndrome, or as he called it, chronic immune response syndrome, is essentially when you have so much going on within your body, whether it's a sickness, injuries, stress, mental health, it could be any of those factors, and your body's consistently trying to fight off and heal. When there is too much going on for such a long period of time, let's not forget we were also in a pandemic. Um, yes your body's immune system can get to a point where it's taxed and and it starts to overreact to everything. So if you even breathe in like a bit of dust, you like your body's immune system goes zero to 100. It doesn't go zero to 10. Right. And so it's one of those things where like, if you were to walk to the mailbox and like stub your toe, basically like your body reacts to like the fullest extent. If you like, seasonal allergies it's just basically like everything you do 
your body's immune system just reacts on level 100 all the time. And that is very tiring. It makes your body very weak. It It's consistently like, I know some people, like I had a friend who had it and was bedridden for like three months. Like it's bad. If you think mono's bad, having uh, CIRS like is, it's way worse. You're like 10 times as tired. And so I'm really happy to see that he took the time off that he needed, that it wasn't life-threatening and um that he's looking to come back to play and that's kind of all like i don't want to speculate or i don't want to dive deep into it because like again it's medical and that's not the that's not the time and place to do that i mean that's fantastic i might have that too because uh when i whenever i stub my toe i'm out for the rest of the day basically so and keep in mind my pain tolerance is pretty high i've been running on a torn meniscus um but that is that's tough all right Top into plot points. What's trending up is trending down in the NHL today. Trending up is leaks from players. We have heard a lot, or maybe not from, but about players. We've heard a lot of chatter, a lot of rumblings, if you will. Um, so let's rattle some off and get your opinion on it. Jordan Martinuk's dad essentially said that his kid is done in Carolina via the most boomer way possible, a Facebook post. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. I don't even like, I don't even have an opinion on it. I just think that's hilarious that like it yeah. leaked because his dad posted about it on Facebook. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure his dad's in the know. So like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And also Facebook, of course, like of, be, in between him, you know, tagging in between him, tagging his wife and minions memes while they're sitting next to each other. Yes. Um, and it, on their phones that are like size 50 font. Um, I, I, I can't, I didn't actually see the post. Did you see the post? Do you know what it exactly says? I didn't see it. No, which is why okay. I'm like, well, I think it's funny and I don't really have anything else to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, that's, that's decent. Like there, that's, that's a decent piece that they're going to essentially move out or move away from. So, I mean, Hey, look at that. Connor Garland, a very good player in Arizona who was on the trade market. It seemed, uh, last year would love for the Leafs to go get this guy. He, his agent submitted salary proposals to the Arizona Coyotes last month. Like and May 20th. May 20th. And it and essentially they have not picked up the phone since. Yeah. They have done what I do, which is ghost people. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, people are not happy with me. Yeah. About when, that. So, so if this podcast ever ends because and no, it's not because I get hired, it's because Mike sucks at answering texts. Um, it's because I went AWOL. Yeah. Anyway, so Connor Garland's agent, they use submit your salary proposals. Apparently, they submitted two or three of them. Um, and, like, the Coyotes didn't even get back to them to say, yep, we got it. We're going to look it over. Like, it literally, they did not get a response. That is uh, unethical, to say the least. Uh, that's definitely not how you should be running your hockey team. Um, and that tells me that Connor Garland is done in Arizona. So, I mean, if that's not the biggest signal that Connor Garland's done in Arizona, I don't know what is. I'm not even going to bother speculating on where he's going because I'm currently in the process of, of researching and, and talking to people about that. So I'm not, I'm not going to go any further than that right now. But um, to say the least, like, I'd be pissed if I was Connor Garland's camp or if I was a Coyotes fan because, like, you don't even have the decency to respond to one of your best player's agents when they talk about salary proposals, like get your damn act together. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, that's, it's just ridiculous because it's not, um, <laughs> it's one thing like for, for me to do that. It's another thing for him to do it, uh, for, for a professional organization to do it. And also like, if I'm Connor Garland, like why the hell would I want to be in an organization that clearly doesn't give a shit about me? Like you're supposed to at least show some like facade that you want them back. And you're just like, nah, like, okay, cool. Now, there was a lot of uh, – this was done on a um, 
uh, podcast. Who's, I, I can't remember whose podcast it was. This is bad on my part. But essentially, it was said that Matthew Tuchuk wants out of Calgary. Um, and there are firm denials for, by everyone involved. But do you think this is possible? Because he didn't seem very happy. There was a lot of sort of like shenanigans going on in that locker room where they kind of just left him to die after Jake Muzzin dunked on him. What, what's going on here? I don't think there's any merit to it at all. Um, I think that really? they're probably going to expose Mark Giordano in expansion draft. And if they lose him, the C probably gets stitched to Matthew Kachuk's jersey. So I, I know Daryl Sutter loves him. Um, and if they're going to move out a core piece, I don't think it's Kachuk. So to me, um, Elliot Friedman came out and said, like, people were vehemently, like, people close to the situation vehemently denied that he wants out of Calgary. And I think the Kachuks are kind of, like, the type of people where, like, if they're not happy, like, they'll they'll say it publicly. They'll let you know. Yeah. And so I, as soon, even when I saw that, I was like, I don't buy this at all. So that's, it's, I don't think he's going anywhere unless they get an offer that knocks their socks off. And uh, even then, I, I don't know if, if they, they would trade him. All right, now last one. Now, this is very, very interesting. You have here one of Fleury or Leonard is getting moved. And this is so... I, I don't think Vegas... I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury winning his first Vesna trophy at age 36 um, was in Vegas's plans. Because I don't think so either. It clearly seemed like, considering that they just signed Robin Leonard to a five-year contract la- extension, essentially, last year, or last season. So the year... Or no, the last summer, so or October, whatever. Jeez Louise, the pandemic has screwed time up like crazy. Um, he seems to be their long-term option. And Marc-Andre Fleury, who is 36, was just named the best goalie in the league. They both make 12, they make $12 million combined over that. What is going to happen here? Because I can't see how Vegas stands to benefit from a team that is already getting criticized for moving off core players too flippantly how they can stomach trading the reigning Vesna winner. Um, but then again, I don't think th- I, I think they're in a very weird predicament because I don't think they can trade a guy like Robin Leonard one year into an extension that he just signed with them that clearly was done to make him the number one starter. What happens here? Uh, I think one of them is getting moved. Um, I, th- but who? I, I, I think it's flurry, quite frankly. Um, the value is at its highest peak. I also think that Vegas goes all in on Jack Eichel. Um, nice. But we're not going to even touch that right now because that's a different conversation. Um, and I, I just, 12 million bucks on goalies is a lot. Um, and yes, is it beneficial to have a 1A one one and a 1B or two ones? Uh, absolutely. But I just think... Um, Everything that's kind of gone on with Flurry and Vegas and and how things have been handled there, I I wouldn't be surprised if if he was the guy that was moved. I just I don't see how you can carry forward with uh, two guys of that caliber and, and kind of keep everybody happy. So that's kind of that. So they're gonna Dwayne Casey him. They're gonna trade him like the basically coming off winning Coach of the Year. He's coming off being named the best goalie in the league, and they're gonna trade him. That's, yeah, but then what happened after that? Exactly. But what? But has that's a very good point. Has that ever happened before? Uh, the reigning Vesna winner getting dealt? I don't. No, but I can't uh, think Joe, of. Uh, Joe Thornton got traded and won the heart, so like that was unwise. That's true. Anyways, that's yeah, that. because he scored nine. He had ninety-two assists. All right, trending down is Galaxy Brady the NHL awards. They got it right. Look at this. Literally, the GMs got it correct too, which is shocking. I can't believe it. 
Like they like I was expecting some of the I was expecting Victor Hedman to win the Norris. Yep. Instead went to a sophomore like point scoring now, defenseman. Now I probably would have would have gone McCarr, but McCarr or Fox was a correct choice here. One of the two. I think Fox played more games than McCarr, but, which is but probably McCarr was the edge. It, it, it like I think McCarr played five less games, so like not relevant at that point. And McCarr is That's true. better. Like he was better this year. But to me, one of Makara Fox, it was theirs. Um, and so it was really good to see that that was uh, done properly as opposed to a Lifetime Achievement Award. McDavid, unanimous heart winner. That was the only correct choice. And Rob Rossi saying, I didn't get a vote, is probably why we saw that, because we all know he would have voted for Crosby. Um, mm-hmm. We knew they were going to get that one right. And then Flurry, people said Vasilevsky, but I'm sorry if you actually look at the statistics, Marc Andre Flurry is better in almost every single category, and he is much better in goal save above expected. So they picked the right dude. Um, also, Robin Leonard's tweet was just incredible. Beautiful. Hall of Fame. Beautiful. If they, when they make a hockey Twitter Hall of Fame, that tweet is going in there. For sure. That is up there with the trade is one for one, which was the anniversary of that was was yesterday, by the way. Bob, what I love about Bob McKenzie, too, is he wait like whenever he does an anniversary trade, he seems to do it every year. He waits until the exact moment in time that it happened. Like he literally yeah, was, he waits till the minute he waits till like two fifty four p.m. or whatever it was to tweet. It. He doesn't just like wake up and start his day. It's 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 incredible. Robin Leonard's tweet with uh, referencing the sword. Amazing too. Mark Andre Fleury. I think now should now owns the phrase age, aging like a fine wine. This guy also, and I'm very done. I never want to hear this again. He is a first what? ballot Hall of Famer. Hundred percent. Day. I, I I don't think it was even up for debate before. He's a three time Stanley Cup winner. Twice when he or once at least when he was the absolute starter. The other one he was in a tandem. Then he goes to Vegas and gets you know this was his first nomination, his first win. Gold he's medal. Thirty six years. He's like gold medal. Top five all time in wins. I think he's top five in shutouts. Like I don't even understand why we're having this discussion. Also like fantastic personality. Like. He's a Hall of Famer. This is and. this is Martin. This is Martin Scorsese finally winning Best Director at the Oscars for The Departed. Like when he's seventy, when he should have won it when he was like forty for Goodfellas. Like it, it makes no sense. But hey, he won it. That's fantastic. Adam Fox, love that. McDavid, the only unanimous heart winner other than Wayne Gretzky in Angel History. I think that's perfect. I'm very very shocked that this is essentially they got it right. Congratulations. That's fantastic. And LOL, leave it to Damian Cox to say they got it wrong this year. That's your signal that they got it right. So good job, everybody involved. Here's my theory. My real quick theory about Damian Cox is like he just he's he doesn't agree with the choices and he's extremely salty that he doesn't get a say in them anymore. Yeah, like I actually don't even want to talk about Damian Cox anymore. Like I hate him. I'm actually kind of worried about him. I don't care about him. Like I know it sounds crass. I don't give a shit because he treats people terribly. That's true. He like you. He's just an asshole, and we've already talked about that. Shut the fuck up, Damien. Great. Trending up as well. Venom and snakes on the loose. This is this really hit home for you. <laughs> this is, we'll, we'll cover this quick. So upset. So there is a there is a venomous snake on the loose it's in Raleigh, North Carolina, right zebra now. Zebra cobra, which is a native species of Africa. You bet I did my research. Oh, on I this. know you. Of course you did. Um, and we, we got Zabumafu over here. I Zabumafu. Um, okay. He's dead. That lemur's dead, Rachel. What? That lemur has well, died. Well, now you've ruined my Did day. Did you know that? 
Right, you're okay, so this it's Rest a zebra cobra native to Africa. There are no instances of this species in the United States, which means someone in Raleigh, North Carolina said, you know, I want a zebra cobra, which, by the way, if it spits on you, the venom can be fatal. You're dead. Spitting. Could you, like, what? So someone in Raleigh, North Carolina said, I want a zebra cobra. I have to figure out a way to procure this thing from Africa. I have to get it here, and then I'm going to keep it as a pet. Why? Like, why? You know what? Actually, I, I, you, can't, you, you know can't how I it. feel about guns. In this situation, yeah. guns are good, actually, because if I see this thing. Shoot the snake. <laughs> AR-15 all over the fucking place. I think it's like, actually more, more, like, because it's tougher to hit a snake with a bullet. I think you should carry a katana around with you. So if it gets close, you can just swipe it and cut it in half. What if it spits on you and you die? No, machine gun. Well, you carry a shield around with you, too. No, I I'm think. not That's carrying a shield around. SWAT armor. Kevin from New Jersey recommended that. It was a terrible idea. Wait, for real? Yes. Some, when we were all having... Oh, my God. I can't even believe... Okay. Quick. Excuse me. So they're not. So hold on, hold on. Americans are are against masks in a pandemic, but they'll tell you to carry a shield around with you to to, to fend for yourself against a deadly cobra. That's no, no, on the no. Loose? It was actually to fend. It was okay. So this was after the Parkland shooting, and I was like trying to meet people because I'd only been there for two weeks, and I was sitting in the conference room having lunch, and they were talking about the Parkland shooting, and a man named Kevin said. Well, we wouldn't have this problem if everybody just carried a shield. And I looked down the table and I said, uh, Kevin, I shouldn't have to be a part-time Wonder Woman just to survive, but thank you. And that was the end of that. So, no. I guarantee you Kevin was an anti-masker. I guarantee you. He is. Yes, you're right. He is. Exactly. Carry around a protective, like, fat, like, a protective object for you to fend for yourself like when it comes to bullets, because it doesn't imp- imp- impugn on my freedom or whatever. But then, <laughs> can we discuss? <laughs> but when this, there's like, I can't oh get the snake. I live in Toronto, Canada, and I barely slept last night. And half of the reason I barely slept was because of the snake. And it is in like a fifteen-hour drive away. Like, the, I'm the type of person that if I go to the zoo or like reptilia, like. I avoid yeah. the snake section because, like, what happens if the glass breaks? What happens if, uh, like, some, I don't know, what happens if it escapes? Like, I am. I like to watch them from afar because I'm very, I'm, ve- I'm very intrigued with, like, things that can kill you. But, like, knowing that, like, I lo- like, I'm fascinated by watching spiders. Like, I think spiders no. are really cool. But spiders scare the shit out of me. Like, I would never, if one, if one ever, I'm not scared of very many things. But. If there was if if a like tarantula or like a big enough spider fell on me, I think I would legitimately poop my pants. <laughs> I would have a heart attack on sight. Anyways, Cobra, le- not to be judgmental or anything, but if you are the type of person that says, "I think I should own a venomous cobra that has to be shipped here from Africa," you probably need to get yourself checked because you the, like the red flags. Instead of Fifty Shades of Grey, I I see Fifty Shades of Red Flags with you, and I want nothing to do with you. You need to be examined, because that is fucked. And now, like, what happens now that you've let that snake loose? What happens if someone dies? Like, are you charged with murder? Probably. Like, you should be. be. So, that's how I feel about that. And snakes are bad. Leave them, like, just don't have them as pets. They're not pets. Have a duck. 
it doesn't matter. Like, like you can't pet a snake. You can't do any cool pet stuff with a snake. Like, why do you need it? Just like to stare at it through a glass. To I, I don't know. All right, a cobra, no less. A cobra, a zebra cobra that's only native to Africa. Very, very interesting. All right. Now, before we hop into our deep dive, quick word from our sponsor. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. So very, very rarely on, on this podcast are we, are we faced with a topic where I am the preeminent expert. And this is the one thing, usually, because this topic refers to TikTok and NHL marketing, but mainly TikTok. Now, Rachel, the, uh, the NHL announced today that they have, they have hired or partnered with n- prominent e-boy and cringe master 3000, basically, Josh Richards, who has 25 million TikTok followers, essentially from doing thirst traps and lip syncs, which is just Do, sad it, all does around. Does it say a lot that... I legitimately have no idea who this person is. Well, it just says that you don't go on to like I like I I He has 7 he, million followers on Instagram. I have never heard of him. Now he's from Coburg. That's one thing, I believe. So he's the like he's Canadian. Most famous person from Coburg because yeah, Chris, other Johnson. Than Chris Johnson. But he's well, no the third because we had Justin Williams there too. Right. Okay. But this kid is this is this, okay. So he's they. they and by they the way, just to preface him. this, like we're gonna yeah. talk about Richards for like two minutes, and then we're going yeah. to go and we're gonna leverage my literal university degree, and leverage mm-hmm. how the NHL can positively market so that the game can grow exponentially. Yeah, but I I know a lot about TikTok, so let me, and I know a lot about this kid, so let me just tell you, he. Um, this is the NHL doing the you know how do you do fellow kids, Josh Richards is. 
like he's an e-boy. He has he made his brand off of being shirtless in front of a camera and lip syncing songs about like fucking bitches and stuff like that, which is and recently even. Um he all like he has a podcast. Right on brand. Good exactly. Stuff. He has a podcast called the like the BFFs podcast with Barst at Barstool with Barstool with Dave Portnoy and tavern chair he's talked about like Dave Portnoy got suspended for telling I believe it was a female reporter that he wants to drop his nuts on her forehead or something and got suspended and Josh Richards tweeted hey like Twitter free Dave Portnoy like he's just maybe he's a nice guy I don't know I've never met him don't ever <laughs> want you to seen his haircut yeah he looks ter- he also looks exactly like Dimitro Timoshov go look it up after the podcast he is he looks exactly like Dimitro Timoshov it's wild <laughs> but this is like I don't first of all this is terrible in terms of like you're linking the league to Barstool now which never happens but this is also the worst because he's hired to be the voice of the game. This is not like Josh Richards does not speak for anyone that's in hockey basically. First of all he they also look what's happening in boxing right now and think that's what they want to replicate because because uh, Josh Richards is best friends and content partners I guess with Bryce Hall who just did a who's just participated in the YouTubers versus TikTokers like celebrity boxing thing and got his ass fucking smacked and the boxing is in the worst state it's ever been i think right Clearly now when because it comes we just to, had one of the paul brothers fight floyd mayweather yeah and so if the nhl is trying to replicate that somehow it makes absolutely no sense there are and when we talk about solutions i'll go through it there are so many other content creators with high profiles or emerging profiles that i think they could they could have done a partnership like this with better or they could have they could have at least put some some critical thinking into this and realize for content purposes like for example the nba hang on we're gonna get there no 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 your job we are way jumping the gun here oh okay okay you well anyway hiring <laughs> hiring like literally go go to go to josh richard's tiktok account and look at the videos he makes and tell me if that speaks to you as being the voice of hockey being the being the voice of the fans okay it is Rachel, you wouldn't be able to get through one of them. No, it you're right. I, down- I, I, I downloaded it and I went to one of them and I sent it to my sister and I said, would this make you a hockey fan? And her verbatim response to me, let me pull it up. My sister, by the way, is their target audience. She is like 18. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't she 19? Oh, 19. Sorry. She said, this is the most cringe thing I've ever seen. It would actually make it me is. not want to watch hockey. No, and like, and that is, she's not exaggerating. Like, anyway, I, I can tell you, she is not. We could stop dumping on Josh Richards, but. I, I would jump, I would dump on him all day. I know, I'm we, not going to lie to you because that's not about. a positive thing. I know, I know. Um, okay, but we, what we do need to do is we need to talk about how, because we've talked about the NHL's marketing or lack thereof. And so what I did is, first of all, I have a sports business degree and a lot of the stuff we did surrounded this stuff. What I did was I went back to my professor um, Dr. Pegararo, she's sport management prof on Twitter. Um, we might actually have her on the pod to talk about marketing in general, uh, in terms of sport, because it, it, it's a new era. She specializes in social media. So this is like her bread and butter. I talked to her about it. I talked to Dan Maraza about it, who is the original Vegas guy. Uh, did DraftKings for a while, builds up their marketing strategy. Basically everywhere he's gone, like Twitter has exploded. Uh, or like their social media presence has exploded, right? And this is sort of some of the feedback, is the NHL would rather nip at the edges becoming irrelevant in the American mainstream and 
and cite record growth by comparing themselves to themselves before Bettman arrived, rather than comparing themselves to other leagues that are growing at an exponentially higher pace. I thought that was a really good point. So the NHL does a lot of like, well, we were at this number in 2010. This is where we are now. Instead of saying, this is where we stack up among the big four. And so what part of the reason... um, so the, in September of 2020, the NHL announced a diversity inclusion committee and a youth inclusion committee. I guarantee you that they didn't take the advice of those committees if they were ever actually even formed, because they would not have come up with this dude as the answer. And the reason why, and this is why I, I talk to the people that I do and I go back and I look at my notes, um, is ostracizing any fans is bad. And quite frankly, hiring someone who is associated with tavern chair with the way society is moving in the direct, the positive direction it's moving in like that ostracizes fans. There are a ton of fans who are already hockey fans that feel ostracized by this because now it's basically a partnership with that company. And that is not a good thing. You don't see other leagues like the NFL and the NBA and the MLB partnering with organizations that aren't moving society forward. So that's number one. But how are you going to help grow the game with a youth audience? So the biggest thing, and Mike talks about it all the fucking time on this podcast, and I never have any idea what the hell he's talking about, is mm-hmm. video games, esports. Yeah. So I looked into it because I'm a weird nerd. Um, no, esports are insane. The right NBA, now. first of all, I know the owner of uh, the Toronto Defiant. So I, I asked numbers, like all that kind of stuff, right? He gave me some numbers. The future, and if you want to attack the young demographic, um, for example, like the NBA, 25% of their demographic is people like fans below 18. That's who you want to be attacking. The NBA um, has a huge, like, 2K, like, NBA 2K arm of their, like, partnerships and marketing. That's what the NHL needs to do. They need to recognize that a whole lot of people play Chell and that you need to leverage people like Arda Ocal, who's already at ESPN, like, Nasher, um, Faisal Kamisa does commentary as well. Steve Dangle. Like you need to leverage, and I'm not like, I'm just, these are just people off the top of my head, but you need to leverage esports because a lot of the young kids who play esports don't actually watch the NHL. And how do I know this? I have an 18 year old brother and all of his buddies play Chell, but none of them watch the NHL. And so the NHL should be finding a way to convert the people that clearly like hockey because they play NHL and they need to convert them into fans of the NHL. And so that should be what you're targeting there. And so having people like Arda and Nasher would be huge because everyone who plays Chell knows who those guys are. Here's here's how you do that. I've like this is I've thought about this forever and I'm glad we can finally talk about it on the podcast because you look 2k is like as like the the I think all sports video games are hamstrung by the lack of competition you have in rights holders because like you know like 2k owns owns the only NBA licensing deal so they they can essentially make the same shit game but if people want to play a basketball game that's the only place they can go right NHL is the same you know uh, MLB the show San Diego studio it's the same with with the MLB all that the 2K, though, is so, 
so much better of a game and a community experience than the NHL is. NHL NHL 21 is unplayable. There's a reason why we haven't played. Like, Daniel Navy, let me tell you like for, for a fact. When the pandemic started, Daniel Navy, which is me, James Myrtle, Ian Tulloch, you know, Omar White, uh, Steve Dangle, and then uh, Brad, Mick, and, and Jim, we played that game online. To a nauseating degree, yeah. Every single night until like 3, 4 a.m. We were in Div 1. We almost won the entire thing. Like the entire, like the NHL, like worldwide championship. And we did that. It wasn't necessarily even for like hockey. It was for a social experience. It was an excuse to hang out. Sometimes when I ask to play Chell, I'm not, I don't even think about playing Chell. I think about, hey, I want to hang out with my friends and we're in a pandemic, so I can't really do that. So let's just like shoot the shit on, on, and, and play some NHL while we're at it. The NHL doesn't have a community section. Like in in NBA 2K, you can make your own guy. You can walk around a community space. Like literally, it's yeah, called my, the neighborhood. Uh, my stepbrother plays NBA 2K like eight hours a day. And like yeah, I sometimes will just like walk in and I'll watch. And I obviously like I see my brother play Chell. Like I have Chell now. I don't even think I've turned it on in like two and a half months. But like the 2K experience, like I don't even really like basketball, but like. It is top notch. I would play notch. that. Like that looks cool. Anyway, so like I think no, but here, here's what I was going with this though. So so you, you if you want to double down on esports, you absolutely should. That's the way of the future. Like there are like Drake owns an, is part of an esports team, like owning it. Like Quavo is like everyone is investing in esports right now. So I think they should absolutely do that, and they haven't. The end. Like the NBA really doubles down on that. Um, make make the game first of all playable and second of all far more like in in, you know interactive in the community like there is literally called a neighborhood where you can walk around and play pickup games on like flat on like blacktops in like neighbor in in the neighborhoods and stuff you can go to a barber shop and get a haircut and then go and like dunk on someone with your new haircut all this kind of stuff the nhl has none of that and you the big excuse is that there is no budget for for like ea doesn't really funnel any of that that budget towards the NA, towards their nhl license because you know like they can just a get away with producing the same game every year uh and which is essentially what they do and also b because it's not one of their top sellers what the nhl needs to do because they have licensed this out is give them budget to do that is to funnel money into that the produ- production of this game so you can have a space where fans can play together so you can have a space where you can create the next super like I'm surprised I'm shocked that a Nasher even exists because I don't know how you can rise to fame on in a streaming way or in, in a digital platform with a game like NHL that is so closed off when it comes to social uh, social interaction and there's only one method of essentially socializing people People over like voice chat. I'm shocked that Nasher even able managed to do that. And that's a that's a that's a credit to him. You need to build up that neighborhood. You need to build up the ability to allow players to talk to each other because then that'll be huge and that will create the next line of the the next the the next members of this esports league that that you want to replicate from the NBA. Now, if we talk about TikTok, the NBA invited I- invited. Addison Ray, Charlie D'Amelio, and Dixie D'Amelio to the All Star Game, the last All Star Game before the pandemic. So in two, 2020, basically. In those February. are TikTok. Even I, I don't even do TikTok, and I know who those people exactly. are. Exactly. Now they do that. They, don't hire a 
dude. Now they they are like they're in the same sort of like echelon of like you know fuckboys whatever. But they have infinitely more followers. They have like literally four more followers, four times more followers than than Josh Richards. They all are approaching a hundred million, if not past it. And what they did is they got all the NBA players to do TikTok dances with them. And most NBA players they either took it very seriously, which was very funny, or they seemed super out of place and were like cringed about it while they were doing that, which was also very funny. That was perfect content right there. It was wholesome. It was, it didn't ostracize anyone. It was crossover. It was crossover branding, but you can make it work with different creators. They just haven't. And this is such, this is just such a, a lazy, a lazy thing. There's so many better ways to do okay, it. Okay. So let's talk about another, like we needed to help grow the game with the youth audience. All right. Exactly. Easiest way to do that. Make the game more affordable. hundred percent. Not hard. Like, Make the game more affordable. There's got to be caps on equipment. There's got to be caps on spending. There's got to be like more support of the grass grassroots program caps on. Yeah. Ice team, team fees, like all that kind of stuff. You got to make it more affordable because you know what? Kids learn to play. the, The world's most popular sport is soccer. And you know what? If you don't like it, not my fucking problem, man. It's the most popular sport on earth. And most of the reason it's the most popular sport on earth is because it's accessible. Hockey is not accessible right now. And it's getting worse and worse by the day. And the NHL, it is incumbent upon them to, if they want to continue to have fans and they want to continue to have a feasible model, you have to make the game affordable and accessible to everyone. It can't just be rich people. And so that's like, that's that. But from a marketing perspective... We, we talk about marketing the game like the NBA markets the game. The NBA doesn't have shit on soccer, specifically teams. FIFA, as vile as they are as an organization, which they are, mm-hmm. there is a book, I forget what it's called, but it goes into detail on how FIFA basically took the World Cup from being nothing to, yeah. to worth more than the Olympics. It is worth more than the Olympics. That's it's the biggest sporting event in the world. Exactly. Bar none. So if you think the NBA does a good job, aim higher. Let's talk about the FIFA World Cup. Let's talk about what Real Madrid and Liverpool and Bayern and Barcelona and PSG and Arsenal are doing. Let's talk about that because you want to talk about worldwide. Like Real Madrid makes Mr. Worldwide. billions. Like if you think the NFL makes money, do I have news for you? Like the amount of money that big soccer teams and soccer conglomerates like UEFA and the Champions League and FIFA put into marketing it to be a global brand has paid off in spades. It's literally led to the fact that it is the single most valuable like entity, sports entity on the planet. And so what they do, they in the NBA, they target fans below 18. Okay, if you don't want to take the soccer approach because you don't like soccer, that's fine. But follow their lead from a marketing perspective and say, we need to make highlights on Twitter more accessible. So a guy like, here's your replay. Like, why the NHL doesn't have a Twitter account that's called NHL replays or NHL highlights, where you have somebody that's making replays the way the guy like, here's your replay does, where it's consistently and it's for every game. Like, Make your highlights accessible because if it comes from an official NHL account, it's clearly licensed and you can have that spread far and wide because if people see cool highlights, they're going to be naturally drawn to check it out. So make it more accessible. Do the same thing with Instagram. Um, 
you, what, because again, that's where all the kids are, but you also want to encourage players to show their personality and build a personal brand. And the best example of this right now is the fact that PK Subban is on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith. Yep. Like he, and you got to engage with the audience more on social media. Like look at how, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid and Bayern and Champions League and the NBA and the NBA teams, look at how they engage with their fans on social media and like follow that lead and, and, or bring in even better poach someone from them, poach someone. What did I tell you? Hockey needs its own Stephen A. Smith. And then they signed with ESPN and they got their own Stephen A. Smith. It's called Stephen A. Smith. Having Stephen A. Smith talk about hockey is the best thing to happen to hockey's growth that clip as with a brand. PK Subban was unreal. It's remarkable. And like that will get people. I don't even like Stephen A. Smith, but I was like, yes, give me that. The best part, too, is like the NHL 100% should have should have a, an account like NHL Replay. And the best part about that is that they probably won't act like a fucking dork every time they post a picture. Or post a video because they'll be able to do it. It'll be licensed their own. They won't make a hissy fit about it. And the NHL has fed into that ability to like the need for that the person behind that account to do it. But like, why are you not doing this yourself? Or why are you not like like instead of trying to sue this guy into oblivion? And and again, I think he's a giant cornball and he's blocked me because I've told him that. But why not go to him and be like, hey, do you want to do this for us? Yeah. Like he already he already does it. Like do you know what people like? <laughs> to bring this up, like it, it's a weird, it, it's it, it's definitely a weird uh, thing. But it's like when the when the government is about to get hacked and does get hacked and they catch the hacker, they give him a choice. They say you can either go to prison or you can work for us for the rest of your life. And because they recognize this guy's got talent to be able to hack the government successfully, and instead and instead of like bogging themselves down and punishing and stuffing this out, they recognize that and they want to weaponize it for themselves. So why not instead of trying to tamp down someone who's trying to grow the sport? Give make him the person who's going to do that for you. He would be delighted. And it would also make him shut the hell up about how bad of a league you are, which is also just free negative publicity for you. So there's so many different ways that us two dum-dums, you know, who don't have marketing, like I don't have a marketing degree or anything, but I am a mobile millennial. I've run a marketing campaign for Samsung before when I was 20 years old. I know what people my age like. Yeah, like you know how to market. I know how to market. I know what, I know the social platforms. Like I make, I make tick, I've made a TikTok that's gotten over a million likes. Like I, like all that kind of stuff. This is not the way to do it. But look at how the NBA markets its stars, the NFL markets its stars. Like even just doing stuff like that. There's a couple other things. One, put your stars on display by actually calling the fucking rule book that we don't even need to, <laughs> we're not even going to, we're just going to leave that there. But also follow the WNBA's lead when it comes to involvement in social justice reform, the things that the the WNBA has done, like they're setting the example for everybody, right? Soccer sucks ass with this. We've discussed that last podcast, but like the WNBA has done a fantastic job. And if you want to hit a new segment of fans that they need to feel like they can be included and that they have a place in your fan base. And right now, like I'm a, I'm a woman, I'm white. Like, am I half Chinese? Absolutely. But I look like a white kid. So, like, I barely feel like I have a place in hockey because I'm a woman. I can't even imagine how a person of color feels, how somebody from the LGBTQ community feels, how, like, I can't even sit here and and say, like, I'm in the same boat because I'm not. And so if I barely feel comfortable enough, and there are clearly days where I don't, like, imagine how they feel. So there needs to be an effort to reach out to 
a broader community. And I think the NBA or the WNBA does a fantastic job of making people feel welcome in how yeah. they conduct themselves. But here's a real easy one for you. Like probably the easiest solution of everything here. What is the most popular sport on earth, Michael? Soccer. Right. Is there a good Canadian soccer player that says publicly that he likes hockey? I believe there is. Right. Uh, Does he maybe play for one of the biggest teams on earth? Uh, I believe he does. Right. Okay. So uh, if you haven't caught on yet, we are talking about Alfonso Davies, who uh, I believe has more followers on TikTok than whoever they hired. Uh, Certainly is more well-known worldwide because he plays for Bayern and is the single best soccer player on the men's side that Canada has ever produced. And because he is so charismatic and and so marketable, like I know that people at Bayern love marketing him because he's literally the easiest guy on the team to market because of his personality. He's appeared at Edmonton Oilers games. He's dropped the puck there. He's friends with McDavid. Like, use this guy because soccer fans, the way that fans operate is they will see a fan of something, right? So Alfonso Davies, they're a fan of Bayern or they're a fan of Canadian soccer. They're a fan of soccer. If you're a fan of soccer, you know who Davies is, right? And if you're Canadian and you don't know who he is, pay attention. Um, You see somebody like this, and let's say you know nothing about hockey. If he all of a sudden partners with the NHL and starts making appearances and doing hangouts, maybe he does a TikTok with Austin Matthews. Maybe he he does a clubhouse or a, a locker room hangout with NHL players. Maybe he shows up at games. Maybe he does meet and greets that have other players there. You are much more likely as a fan of soccer to be like, hey, what's going on over here? And now, like you said, with Addison Ray and Charlie D'Amelio being used by the NBA, if you can use another athlete that has this level of following, right? What happens if Connor McDavid or somebody at the NHL pops up on a Bayern Munich social channel? That's huge. Bayern Munich has more social following than potentially every NHL team combined. Like we're in the middle of the Stanley cup playoffs. And the thing that I believe, and I don't have any numbers in front of me, but just from looking at it, the thing that got the most attention on social media was Austin Matthews attending a UFC event with Justin Bieber. Right. Because it was shown on ESPN and he was there and everything like use Justin Bieber. And you chose Josh Richards and Justin Bieber was right there. And who knows? Like, you don't, obviously, he was, like, Justin Bieber wasn't going to sign on to be, like, the voice of no, fans or whatever. Involved. But, like, use him more than, exactly. Like, it could have been. All-star game. The thing is, like, too, let me just tell you, too, like, if they really were going to go for the, the Josh Richards type, fine. Josh Richards was the worst person to choose of the Josh Richards type. Like, of the cringy e-boys. It's probably the worst person they could have used. Like, like use, and you're not going to understand this, but use Noah Beck. At least that guy no, is like somewhat. Is. Exactly. Use Noah Beck. At least that guy is some is somewhat wholesome. But then even like, again, better idea. Use Alfonso Davies. Use Justin Bieber. I guarantee you, you could get Justin Bieber to show up at an all-star game or at a draft party or what in a commercial. Like, I guarantee you, Alfonso Davies is a massive hockey fan. He's home right now. Use him. Why is he not at the cup final? Use Noah Beck. 
who is a former he, he might not be a former like you know hockey fuck boy but he is a former college athlete um or i guess no not college a uh, high school athlete you sam you know who he's dating dixie d'amelio who is sisters with Charlie D'Amelio. And if you use them and you have, a, you ha- even have people like, first of all, that's like, he, he makes relatively wholesome content. Like obviously thirst traps, but not in like a degrading way that Josh Richards does. He's not affiliated with, with Barstool, anything like that. If you have Austin Matthews appearing in a TikTok with, with Noah and, and Noah Beck and, and Dixie D'Amelio, that would, that would introduce you literally to an entire group of people who have never given hockey a second thought in their entire lives. They showed like they, this was just an old white guy looking at a bunch of analytics, finding probably finding the guy who would cost the less with the most amount of followers. And Josh Richards, who has like, who has links to, to, to Barstool, which is a, so, a sports thing. So they went, Oh, this makes sense on our spreadsheet. It, it will, it will do nothing other than ostracize fans. And it will do, and it will not grow the game whatsoever. It will in fact gatekeep it even more because now the NHL is saying this guy is the voice of our fa- of our fans. And all of the fans who either don't look like him, don't sound like him, or don't have the same, you know, sort of like values as him will realize, okay, well, now I'm not, I'm not a fan because he is not my voice. So, and that will turn also, people like, away. Also, like maybe use somebody like Renee Hess from the Black Girl Hockey Club. Or just like, if you want to use an influencer, there's so many other different options out there. This is the worst option you could have chose. Like- but I don't even think we should be using, my point here is I don't even think we should be focusing on influencers. I, influencers. I think we need to be focusing on the demographic, focusing on esports, focusing on making the game more accessible to the younger demographic, focusing on not ostracizing fans by putting out statements and not investigating allegations of sexual assault. I think we need to be using like not influencers, but actual people with notoriety. Justin Bieber, massive hockey fan. The Arkells, massive hockey fans. Uh, Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David, massive hockey fans. There, uh, Andrew Wiggins, huge hockey fan, player in the WNBA, like uh, in the NBA. Sorry, Kia Nurse, huge hockey fan, player in the WNBA. Like, use athletes because athletes to athletes, they can relate to each other. They can create the content. Oh my God, use Mason from Jeremy, like Jeremy, how to hockey yeah. kid. Use that kid. That kid is the cutest thing to grace the internet in God knows how long, and he loves hockey. Use him. The, the, this whole thing about the echo chamber, you're never going to grow if you don't step outside your comfort zone. And that's exactly, Real Madrid was basically close to bankruptcy until they launched this whole um, new way of marketing, and now they're the most valuable football franchise on earth. They actually know. I believe they're the most valuable sports franchise on earth. Like they're more valuable than any NFL franchise, than any NBA franchise, than any MLB. They're more. I think they're twice as valuable as the Yankees. Which think about that for a second. They just could have done so much more with it. I think you know, we've, we're reaching the end here, but they. I think they could have done so much. Just chosen such a, a different person or choosing a different. Like if they're gonna, if they are gonna just focus go with on a different path. If they but are a whole f- different path. If they were going to focus on the influencer path, they like fine. I understand the reason why. I understand the the demographic you want to 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 cater to. But this was the this was the, like you you were presented with like a choice, and they made I, I would say the second wrongest choice you could have made. So I don't know. I, I I I'm just very disappointed to see to see it. And there's because there's so many different other ways to grow the game that are available. You know, with the hip, with the kids who are hip and cool. Right. And that's the thing here is like, I don't even think we should be using the influencers. I think we need to be thinking much bigger than that. We need to be thinking about 
how highlights are going to be more accessible, how uh, we can use other athletes, how we can make the game more accessible, how we can make fans who already like the game but feel ostracized feel like they have a place in the game. Like, I think that's the level we need to be talking about. We can worry about influencers later because, quite frankly, Justin Bieber and Alfonso Davies are more powerful than any friggin' influencer you're going to mention because, like, there's not anybody on this earth who doesn't know who Justin Bieber is when he is seen at a Leafs hockey game. Yeah, exactly. Not a single person on earth. Exactly. Right? And so that kind of stuff, like... I think that's the kind of stuff we need to be talking about. We've, we've come up with some, uh, what I think are, are some pretty good uh, suggestions for how hockey can actually grow, not just among the youth audience, but like in general, um, I love watching highlights. And, and so if they were accessible to me, like for me, I got to watch the uh, U.S. Olympic trials for gymnastics uh, and seeing Simone Biles all over my timeline um, as somebody who's watched her do gymnastics since she was like seven years old, like it's pretty cool stuff and she's doing mm-hmm. stuff that's absolutely unbelievable and yeah. so like she's more famous than her boyfriend and her boyfriend plays in the NFL and so that's potentially someone you could you could talk to like there's so many options to broaden the horizons of the NHL and that's why I say when I tweeted like I don't think they should have chosen a hockey fan um or, like, a hockey person per se, the person I had in mind was Alfonso Davies because he knows about hockey, but he's also, like, that's not his bread and butter. So there's a whole other demographic of people that you're going to reach with him. And Whereas with Josh Richards, you're kind of staying in the same demographic, and mm-hmm. I don't think that that's how you grow. It's not even, I don't think, there is legitimate academic literature that tells you that's not how you grow. And so, for me... Do the, is it good that they want to market the game differently than they have in the past? Absolutely. That is a positive. But I think the way they went about it um, really minimizes the success that they can have. 100%. All right. Well, we've reached the end of the podcast. Um, you can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any podcatcher under the sun. That's where you'll find it. Um, you can find Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can find me on Twitter at Mikey Stevens 81 Buy your merch at Redbubble, redbubble.com slash Staff and Graph Shop. And, uh, you know, leave us a nice review. It'd be great. Leave us a positive review. Uh, we love those. And if you want to make a negative, at least make it, you know, entertaining so we can laugh at you for being a dork. And the um, constructive feedback. We love that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's we love it. That's what makes us better. So um, it fuels us. Even if you want to reach out to the podcast and say, hey, I want to hear more about this or tweet at us and say, hey, I want to hear about this. Like do that because Mm -hmm. we love that kind of stuff. Like we don't ever take that as negative when people reach out and say like, hey, I wish you did this. Amazing. Thank you for saying that. We appreciate that. So, yeah, uh, we would love to see that. Rachel, before we end, is there anything you'd like to leave our beautiful, lovely, attractive listeners with? Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Uh, Be kind. All right. We'll see you next week.